Good morning, church. Happy Mother's Day. Um, it is what an honor for me to be up here with you guys, um, especially on Mother's Day. And I know for many of you, it's such a time to celebrate your moms, and or if you're a mom, you're getting celebrated today. Um, for many of you, it's a time to mourn, um, and that's understandable. And for many of you, including myself, it's kind of a complicated mix of both of those things. Uh, it's my first Mother's Day without my abuela, um, so that was a hard not phone call to make. Um, and you know, wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing right now, we're just really glad that you guys are here with us exactly as you are with everything that you bring. So we're just grateful for that. Um, if I haven't met you, my name is Lizette Lara. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Santa Cruz Bible Church. Um, I'm also someone who's navigating the craziness of motherhood. Uh, my husband and I uh, have a three-year-old named Zari. Uh, the word three-nager, if you've ever heard that term, describes her really well. Um, three going on 15. So honestly, though, she is honestly so wonderful. And she is a blessing, and she's a blessing to whomever she's around. Um, but as many of you know, you know, taking care of someone is really hard work. You know, your energy and time are limited, but the amount of mental energy and physical work that goes into caring for someone is so demanding. And it isn't limited to just children, though my child never seems to run out of energy. Uh, let me tell you about the little bit of craziness that's, that's going on in my life literally up until this moment. You know, I do work full-time um, for the church, and being a parent um, is always busy, with working full-time, especially if you're a woman and a mom, it is really, really hard if you didn't know that. Um, let's, let's add in learning a new job. I entered a new role here at the church, and learning a new job, new responsibilities, um, it's crazy, I'll tell you that. And then learning how to preach on a Sunday morning, that's a lot of, yeah, new, new skills learning here, guys. We're all learning. We're in the same process. Um, and then planning my daughter's birthday, you know, helping make Good Friday and Easter services happen, you know, and then having my daughter's daycare closed the week before Easter. And I don't know if you know this, but Easter's kind of a big deal around here. So there's always lots of things to do. And then right after that, uh, I lost my grandpa, my abuelo, and then I had to drive to Fresno for his funeral. Then getting a letter the next week that my lease to my home was not going to be renewed. So then we'd actually, we actually have to move now. And Santa Cruz housing market, if you're not aware, is wild. And so searching, searching, searching for a new home and trying to stay close to our daycare, but it's cheaper over here, but you know traffic is less crazy over here. Um, and then we finally had a, found a home, and then we had to move. Um, move all of our stuff, which is wild, um, you know, and doing all of this all while still having a job to do and being present and intentional in my own mental health, in my marriage, and my relationship with my daughter. You know, if you had asked me how I was doing any given day over the last month, it's only been about a month and a half of all this, the answers you would have gotten just would be vastly different. You know, one day I could be freaking out and stressed about where I was going to live, how I was gonna be able to afford to live, and all that that comes with that. I could have broken down crying because I was aching from the sudden loss of my abuelo, which did happen one morning. Someone asked me how I was doing and I started crying. I could have responded how elated I felt 
after our gathering on Resurrection Sunday, that was so encouraging. And how connected I felt to my church family after we all ate together at family, uh, family table a couple weeks ago. I could honestly answer how physically exhausted I am from the work to put on all those services and events, from the move, and of course from chasing around a three-year-old that loves to run and dance and you know, be outside, which is great. And I do believe in answering the question, how are you, with honesty, usually rather than I'm fine. I've learned that I can't be fully known and fully loved if uh, you know, nobody knows really where I'm at. So you have been warned, if you're not mentally prepared for an honest answer, don't ask me how I'm doing, okay? <laughs> all right. So this has been my life in the last month and a half. I share all this not to tell you how hard my life is right now, especially compared to anybody else, because I certainly don't earn the, own the market on exhaustion and stress. Uh, maybe you can relate. Maybe you're in the throes of parenthood too and learning how to balance everything in a world um, that is not set up well for families. Maybe you're in the middle of health battles, you know, that have constant doctor's appointments, different tests and waiting periods for results that you may not want to hear. Maybe you're a renter like me and you fear that your landlord might have to make a decision one day and, you know, you won't know what to do if that decision gets made. Since we live in a world of hurry and production, maybe the busyness and stress of our lives can be rooted in what we would count to be our desire for success. Sometimes the chaos of our lives is the direct result of our own sin and decisions. Maybe it's a mix of both, our decisions and our circumstances. Maybe the only thing that is driving you right now is survival. And the weight and stress of your life is so heavy on your shoulders that the only thing that you can do is take one small step at a time. You know, whether you're a parent or not, whether you have a job or not, whether there are major life decisions and changes in your life right now or not, there is no one that is exempt from the craziness and stress of life. And I do wonder when my life is crazy and I hear about what other people are going through, is this what life is supposed to be like? Is this a normal part of life to be anxious and stressed and busy all the time? You know, Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What does that mean? In the chaos of my life, if that chaos is what troubles me, then how can I have peace in this world? You know, these are really good questions and the Bible has lots of stories just like ours. But before we look at the ways that God provides that peace for us, you know, let me share with you what I've come to learn about godly peace. You know, godly peace is a whole and complete peace that goes beyond our current circumstances. This peace is not dependent on what is happening around us, and it rivals the need to have a resolution for the troubles of our lives. This peace is not an empty promise that provides temporary comfort. It is everlasting and true. This peace is available to all believers and is freely given by a good God. It is not something that we ourselves can achieve. While there are many spiritual disciplines that we can practice to get better at it, 
You know, perfect peace is not something that we can accomplish. It is a gift. You know, doesn't that sound just so wonderful? This wholeness and complete peace that I am unable to find in myself on a regular basis. But maybe I am not the key to this. Maybe if you're searching for it, you are not the key to this. And as you may know, I'm a believer and a follower of Jesus. So I sometimes wonder where this piece is when my normally valuable, detail-oriented mind drives me into this spiral of anxious thoughts and an agitated state. If you're a believer, you may be asking that same question. The answer, as some of you learned in Sunday school, is Jesus. It is only found in Jesus. And to find this piece, I'm going to challenge us all to start looking at the life of Jesus. So we see this throughout his teaching. In Luke 12, 12, uh, 12:22 to 26, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why would you worry about the rest? Jesus himself did not have a home. He says in Matthew 8 that foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Yet he still taught to the multitudes that God is the provider of all. He taught about a peace that went beyond the very real needs of our physical bodies. You know, we see again when he's speaking to his disciples in John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, Jesus recognized the trouble that the world brings, and he relates to what we've experienced. You know, he knows and experiences the things, the things we face, and he encourages us because he himself has overcome. And now we can read all the teachings of Jesus and still think it's, you know, easier said than done, which is understandable. The disciples walked with Jesus and followed him, and yet they themselves still held fear in their circumstances. You know, we see in the book of Luke chapter 8, their experience cre creates a really great illustration for us. In Luke 8, 22 to 25, it says, One day Jesus got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they put out, and while they were sailing, he fell asleep. A windstorm swept down on the lake, and the boat was filling with water, and they were in danger. They went to him and woke him, shouting, Master, Master, we are perishing! And waking up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. They ceased, and there was a calm. And then he said to them, Where is your faith? They were terrified and amazed and said to one another, Who then is this, that he commands even the winds and the water, and they obeyed him? You may have heard this story before, if, especially if you grew up in church. The focus here usually is on the lack of faith by the disciples. You know, Jesus slept, and he was chilling during a wild storm. I don't know how many heavy sleepers can sleep through storms that, where people think that they're going to die, um, but he did, and they had to wake him up. You know, without him skipping a beat, he went and rebuked the storm to calm it, and then questioned where their faith was to have been freaking out so much. Let me remind you that the storm was real, and so was the danger. 
When Jesus woke up, he didn't try to gaslight the disciples and telling them, it wasn't that bad, you weren't in any danger, you had nothing to worry about. He didn't diminish the troubles, but he did ask, where is your faith? Jesus' time on earth was not done yet, and the disciples had witnessed amazing miracles that Jesus had performed already, yet they still doubted. And that put them in this state of distress. I want to bring up another story from the life of Jesus that helps us see this picture of the connection between faith and peace. Luke 8, 43-48, tells us a story about a woman who was healed by Jesus. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out for me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Twelve years this woman had been in distress for 12 years. Oh my gosh, I can't even, be- can't even begin to imagine what her life was like and what it looked like to be bleeding nonstop for that long. But on this day, she pressed in on the crowd and simply touched his robe. If we had asked her where her faith was, I think it's safe to say that it was in the power of Jesus. He honored her faith and healed her. Go in peace, he said. Can you imagine in that moment what it would have felt like for her? To be finally healed after 12 years, the peace that she experienced, to finally live a normal life and not be ostracized by her community. In her trembling, I can imagine tears in her eyes from the fear of Jesus' reaction, but also the gratefulness she felt to finally be healed. Go in peace, he says. What a gift. And how often do these stories sound familiar to you in your own life? How often are you waiting for Jesus to wake up and calm the storm or to heal you from what's troubling you? Or maybe you're in it right now and you don't know how much more you can take. The stress of life and our circumstances are so real and are very dangerous that it's like we're running around a boat screaming for somebody to save us. But when we're in situations that don't seem to have an end date and don't know where we might end up, I challenge you in asking yourself, where is my faith? Where and what am I putting my trust in? Because that is what I'm relying on for my peace. If it only comes from the solution being resolved or the circumstances changing, then our faith is in exactly that, what we want. And sometimes God does grant that request, but that is a peace that is sometimes temporary. When you are in the next thing that is stressing you out, that resolution may not bring you comfort again because now you'll be waiting for the next thing to be resolved. And sometimes those resolutions are not what's best for us. If my peace depended on me winning the winning lottery ticket that I've asked God to give me, I would never find peace in my life right now. 
I would never be grateful for the things that I do have and would not need to constantly depend on a God that constantly provides. And let's be real, me winning the lottery and being wildly rich is probably not best for like my whole holistic self. Like that's just unfortunately, you know. So while you're going through it, and as I'm going through it right now, the question is, where is our faith? Because wherever you're putting your energy, your focus, and your trust, that is where your faith is. Is it in the resolution of your circumstances and the peace that they can temporarily provide? Is it in the things of this world like money and possessions? Or can I challenge you to pursue the one that gives peace so freely, a peace and a calm that sustains you in the storm, that keeps you still in the storm, that keeps you asleep sometimes in the storm, a peace that gives you strength when you have none, a peace that surpasses all worldly and reasonable understanding, a peace that is everlasting and does not depend on anything else but an eternal and perfect God. This peace only comes from Jesus, and the way to receive it is to have faith in him. You know, if this concept of peace is something that's really, really foreign to you, I want to encourage you to start some practices that may help you center yourself and, you know, get your focus on, on Jesus. Number one of those peaceful practices is deep breathing. You know, I'm not sure you know this, but three-year-olds are intense, okay? A lot of big feelings. One thing that's helped me get centered when uh, my daughter's having particularly big feelings has been taking deep breaths. It's me. I need deep breaths. It's, I'm the one that's like, okay, you know, in the middle of all the things. You know, it helps calm my heart rate. It helps calm my body so that I can help, help my daughter's feelings and what she's um, experiencing, help her regulate her emotions. Number two is intentional prayer time. You know, this one's kind of painfully obvious, um, but the reality of what happens to our bodies and our mind when we stop what we're doing and spend some intentional time in prayer is really, really evident. We are able to focus on the one thing, and that's time with the Lord. This one's probably the most difficult for me, just because it's, you know, I'm a mom and a woman and a lot of things to do, and there's, you know, if you're trying to sit down and spend some time with the Lord, but you see the sink full of dishes, and you see all the boxes that need to get broken down, and you see your kids about to wake up, and you need to go get their breakfast ready, these are really hard times. But I encourage you to find some time throughout the day to set aside those things. Number three is lament. We spoke about the importance of lament just a few weeks ago. And I would encourage you to go listen to it if you haven't heard it. The things going on in our lives are very real, and to be able to trust God means that we have to bring all of our situations, all of our petitions, all of our feelings, everything that we are, to him, exactly as they are. Number four, gratitude. Trusting Jesus with our situations produces a sense of thankfulness for what we do have and what we are given. Sometimes we're in the midst of painful situations, the things keep going that are, the things that keep us going are the things that we are left with. Our family, our support system, our community. Sometimes it's just the roof over our heads and the food in our bellies and the gas in the tank. But practicing our thankfulness for those things can help us keep 
him keep calm in tough times. Number five, reading God's word. It's hard to trust in a God that we don't know anything about. And as we read our Bible, we learn about how he has been trustworthy and how he has fulfilled his promises to his people. And as we read about the life of Jesus, we realize just how much he can relate to our pain and our situations and how his trust of the Father sustained him in all that he went through. You know, this is not an exhaustive list of how to practice peace in your life. There are many practices that can help you um, see and experience that peace that God has freely given you. Um, but they're a good start. You know, the night before we moved into our new home, I was absolutely exhausted. My best friend, Alyssa, and I um, had, you know, been doing all the stuff, and so did my husband. But me and Alyssa were sitting on the couch in the midst of moving boxes everywhere and, you know, uh, just chaos absolute chaos. And she turned to me and she surprised me by, ask, by telling me, you know, you seem just really chill about all of this. And I took a moment to reflect on that uh, because she was right. I, as stressed out as I was about thinking about all the things that we needed to do, I felt really calm. I turned to her and told her, I was, I'm honestly okay. You know, there are many things still to do and figure out, um, but I knew it was going to work out. And I knew that God had gone before us in this process, and yet again, after witnessing him go through our go through, come through in our lives again and again and again, he took care of us. And now we've been moved in a week, and though I keep waiting for my life to finally calm down, you know, we're not there yet, and I want to continue to put my trust and faith in a God that has never failed me, because at the end of the day, that is the only thing that will continue to sustain me. You know, there are times in our lives that we can't seem to get out of the pattern of busyness and chaos, like what I'm in right now. Sometimes those are the worst and rough times that we will endure, and sometimes we remember we've been through worse, and Jesus still held us close then. My prayer for you is the same for me, to put our trust and faith in a Savior that will take all of our burdens and give us a pure and perfect peace that leads the way to an abundant life even in the middle of a storm. So I ask if you are able to stand, please do so. And as we pray, I ask that you open your hands in a posture of receiving. We're going to read through a promise given to us by Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We thank you, Jesus, for the peace that only you provide we know that this world comes with so many troubles, but we also know that you have overcome this world. We receive your gift of peace and recognize that sometimes our faith and trust are not in you. So would you focus our attention and our trust on you so we may live abundant life of whole and perfect peace. Amen.